while we are great at marketing our clients' businesses, sometimes it's tough to market our own businesses as agency owners. In this episode, I sit down with Jennifer Spivak to talk about how she's figured it out for her business. Welcome to the Savvy Social Podcast. This is a show dedicated to passion-led entrepreneurs and business owners just like you who are learning to use social media as a tool to grow your business. I'm your host, Andrea Jones, and I'm fiercely committed to helping you understand both the how and the why of social media marketing so that you can create connection, build community, and make your difference in the world. This show is brought to you by Fan Booster by Traject, which is the world's most complete social media management tool. And it's my tool of choice when it comes to things like managing, scheduling, and especially reporting on social media. Try them out for yourself for free by clicking the link in the description or in the show notes. Now, today, I'm super excited to sit down with Jennifer Spivak. Uh, For those of you who don't know Jen, she is the CEO and founder of Team Spivak, which is a high-vibe Facebook ads squad. She has helped hundreds of businesses generate millions of dollars on Facebook and Instagram, with many seeing a a 1,000% return on their ad campaigns. Her all-female team enjoys crunching data, helping women-owned businesses make tons of money, and smashing the patriarchy. And in this episode, we talk about how she relies on her personality to bring in her clients for her marketing. We talk about why you don't really need that complicated of a funnel and the importance of really knowing and understanding your ideal client very, very well. So before we dive into that interview, though, quick updates for the Savvy Social School. Uh, we are actually really excited to be relaunching our VIP level service. It is the mentorship program rebranded in to Thrive is the new name. I'm so excited about this. You're probably seeing posts already on Instagram, probably already gotten an email about it. Um, And we're really excited about this program because we get so many questions from social media managers asking, how do I build the business? Like I know how to do Instagram. I know how to manage a Facebook group, but how do I get more clients? How do I keep my clients? How do I show up with excellence and do all of the things as a business owner? And that's what this program is all about. You get two business coaching calls with me twice a month. We'll sit down for 90 minutes in our group coaching style program, and we dive deep into it all. You also get a mindset call with Lana, which she's fantastic. She's actually coming on the podcast next, and we're talking about all about mindset. And I find that for a lot of us are like raising our prices or setting our boundaries with our clients comes from a mindset issue. You also get full access to things like the social media manager course, which walks you through all of the business building foundational elements of building your social media manager business. I have real world examples in there where I I actually show you like this is a proposal that got me a client. This is a sales call that closed the deal. This is an actual social media plan that I built out for a client. All of that is in there along with templates and swipe files that you can use. And basically it's everything that I wish I had when I started my business in 2014. I've created it for you guys. You don't have to go through the years of struggle that I went to before having my business that it is today. We've got, I'm hiring my 11th team member right now. 
We're going to uh, probably end the year over half a million dollars in business, which is just fun. It's fun. It's fun to play around here. So if you want to have fun with me in the mentorship program, definitely join us. I'll put the link in the description of the video or in the show notes. You can also find it by going to onlinedrea.com slash mentorship. Okay, let's dive into this episode with Jennifer Spivak. Hey, Jennifer. Welcome to the Savvy Social Podcast. How are you? I am doing just wonderful. How are you doing? I'm great. Really looking forward to our conversation just for personal reasons, because I know we're going to get into kind of running the agency side and using ads to grow your agency and all of that beautifulness. But also, I've been seeing your ads for such a long time, so I feel like this is just a total selfish moment to prick your brain. So I'm really excited about this. (laughs) So amazing. I always like forget that, you know, I've got this stuff running all the time and people are like, I'm seeing you. And I'm like, oh my God, you are where? Because it's so automatic. Like I actually am horrible with my organic social. Like, like I, I need to get it together. And it's just this thing that runs automatically in the background. And always people are saying, I'm seeing you everywhere. And it's cool. Like to get that anecdotal feedback that it works. Yes. Okay. So, well, let's rewind a little bit and start with like this concept of you building the business. How did you even land on Facebook ads agency as a business? Yeah. Um, Well, when I was in college, I actually, um, you know, built an agency with a business partner sort of from the ground up. And we didn't really know 100% what we were doing. We were, I was like in my early 20s and we were kind of just like figuring out what type of services we could deliver. And it was really like the come up years of social media, so to speak, right? This was like 2010, 2011. And, you know, we started sort of dabbling in, okay, maybe Facebook ads is our specialty. And it was really revolutionary at the time to be taking this very data-driven conversion-oriented approach to really anything social media, right? Like the, the buzzwords of those years were like engagement and, you know, building up your audience and getting page likes. And so it was this, a big deal to be able to say, hey, we're kind of going to do this in a little bit more of like a direct sales approach. And the company like exploded uh, very quickly. So, you know, when I hit a point where I realized it was time for me to leave that organization, it was really obvious to me that that was a service that was fun to implement, was really easy to sell because of how specific we could be with what the results would look like. And it also was just the best way to get results for clients. And, you know, at the end of the day, I say this all the time, it's not about Facebook ads. Facebook ads is the tool. It's the means to an end. Like my company exists to put more money into the hands of more women. That is our goal, our mission, our vision, why we do everything that we do. And with everything that I know about marketing and business, there is no more direct tool than Facebook ads to be able to do that for women-owned businesses. Yes. Okay. I love that you're, you've kind of really nailed down the tool is just a means to an end. Because I think sometimes when we look at social media, we kind of kind of get caught up in the tech side of it. Like, oh, should I be on Instagram stories? Should I be doing YouTube? Should I be doing Facebook ads? It's really like just a tool to get you where you're going. So I really like that. So I want to talk a little bit about that strategy because kind of before this call, you mentioned even for your own business, 
you don't really like lead magnets. Talk to me about this, this strategy with no lead magnets. Yeah. And so, you know, I wouldn't say that I don't like them. And we have plenty of clients that we do use that more traditional strategy for where it's, you know, lead magnet or something for you at the top of the funnel. And so it has its place. And as a little bit of like a disclaimer, everything that I say around anything related to marketing or business is like, hey, this is what is working in this scenario. There's no hard and fast rules about anything. And you should always do what works for you, what feels good for you, and what's been tested and proven to work. Now, with that being said, I, you know, was very lucky to be able to grow my business for, you know, the first couple of years, mostly through word of mouth and referrals. And I got to a point, I would say maybe about a year and a half ago, where I said, you know, we we build out these systems for our clients where, you know, even though they do get word of mouth and referrals, they also have this system that they can, you know, put X into and make Y out of it with some sense of certainty and repeatability. And I wanted that type of control over my own growth. And it like killed me that even though we were growing, it was just dependent on who I had connected to that month. Like I am a Taurus, I wanna be in charge. And so I was really committed to figuring out, you know, sort of cracking the system of, you know, how can I have that same system that we build for our clients? And the approach, to, you know, running ads for yourself is the lead magnet, the webinar, the free offer at the top of funnel, right? That's just what you do. And so I started running ads for our own agency lead gen. Um, You know, I tried a couple of different lead magnets, you know, webinar on the Facebook pixel, a guide on, you know, Facebook ads checklist or something like that. And I was getting greatly like lots of leads and really great lead cost, but very little um, sort of transition over to people actually booking a call with me or becoming a client. And I had this moment of, you know, thinking about the clients that I do have and thinking, would they ever sit through a webinar on the Facebook pixel? No, like that doesn't make sense. And the more I thought about it, it made me realize that done for you buyers behave differently. They don't care about the training or the lead magnet. They have zero interest in learning. I thought about myself and the level I was at in business. I don't watch webinars anymore. I look for the expert who I can pay to do it for me, period, the end. And so sort of following this hypothesis of done for you buyers behave differently, I said, all right, this sounds crazy. This breaks all the rules, but I'm a rule breaker. So let me try actually just running ads on Facebook totally cold audience and send them directly to go ahead and book a call with me. And there's a lot of moving pieces that I've now incorporated that have made this whole thing work. But at the end of the day, the result of this strategy that I've spent the last eight months or so perfecting is that we've spent about 11 to 12 grand um, on those ads and driving traffic to this particular funnel And as of yesterday, another sale that was just closed, we're at about $280,000 in revenue, cash in hand, not including, you know, renewals um, directly from that $11,000 to $12,000 spent on Facebook ads, no lead magnets, no nurturing, just straight to book a call with me. 
Yes. Okay. So I love that you considered the buyer's questions that they're asking before they get into your funnel. Cause I think sometimes we think, oh, this is information that they want to have, but I'm in the same boat with, you know, our business, primarily organic social for my agency. Um, they don't want to learn how to, you know, make a carousel post. They just want someone to do it. Um, And so I think that it's, we're speaking to two different audiences when we kind of approach that either the learners who are going to take the courses and sign up for the membership or the people who are at a different stage in their business where they just want to hire someone to do it. So I'm glad that you really spoke to that and nailed that down. Because I know we have a lot of listeners who are agency owners, who have a VA business or a social media management business. Like when you're speaking to your clients, it's a different language than if you're going to teach them how to do it versus if you're going to do it for them. So I'm glad that you nailed that down. One of the questions that I have for you is about this kind of book a call funnel. Do you have any like pre-qualifiers? Because when I hear the strategy, I go, oh my gosh, I'm going to be overwhelmed with calls from people who are just tire kickers and they're not interested. They just want to like pick my brain. So how do you kind of weed out some of those people? So glad you asked. (laughs) So um, there's a couple of different, almost like barriers throughout the funnel that do a really good job of saying, hey, 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 this may not be for you. Because clearly when we're selling a high ticket done for you service, it really isn't about volume. And so the whole strategy actually requires, you know, looking at ads differently from the traditional training because it isn't about volume. It isn't about any and everybody. And it's really making sure that you're not having this situation of what you're talking about. And so couple of different things that I do. Um, For one, my application form is very bold, I guess is a way to say it in terms of who we work with and who we don't. Um, There are at last count, I believe, three different um, price qualifiers on there. And I don't mean like the the standard question of what's your revenue, because I find that that's actually a really terrible measure of whether or not someone's a fit. People answer that question horribly. They'll say they have zero dollars in revenue, but neglect to mention that they've got three other seven figure businesses that are like it's I've just found that it's not accurate. So I actually specifically mentioned the investment to work with us in three different places on my form. And I actually make people do more than just check a box to confirm that they get it. I make them actually type and almost like affirm in a very active way that they understand the level of investment. There are multiple questions that are like, hey, you know, don't book this call if you're not ready right now. Um, And so lots of things that essentially deter the wrong people and have the right people go, oh my God, I love this. This is different. Like, let's go. So that application form is uh, a really, really important aspect of this whole system because otherwise you're right, we would get any and everybody. So by the time anybody's booking, they already know exactly what the investment is. They're not, they're not coming to the call surprised. Now, once they do book, I have two things kick in. And in my experience, people like assume if you're, you know, the focus of your business is getting people to book a call that once the call is booked, like, you know, you can check the box, you you got the result. And it's like, well, no, you know, that's really actually just the beginning of the journey in a way. And so I use um, a kind of unique approach to messaging that's a little bit different from what's out there to, I don't even know if nurture is the right word, Like I really have people truly, truly get to know me through both an email sequence that runs after they book, 
and also through retargeting ads that run after they book. And really the result of that is people are showing up to my sales calls saying things like what you said at the beginning, like it's a sales call and they're saying, oh my God, I see you at the pool. I love you so much. Like you're so amazing. And like, can we be friends? And I want to work with you. And like, what would it be like if all your sales calls started like that? Like, it's not fair to even call them sales calls. And so um, the application form does a lot of the, you know, hey, this isn't for you. And then all of the content that they see everywhere from the moment they book up until they speak to me um, builds such a deeper level of no like, and trust than I think what most, um, what most people are able to do in the way that the, they approach messaging, which is what we're all taught, you know, which is like talk to the customer's pain points. I don't really do that. I talk a lot about myself. And so then people really have a very strong sense of who I am and they're either for me or they're not. And so by the time someone gets to the call price qualified, totally my people know that they love me, know about my personal life, my agency, my mission. And then I can close, you know, a $15,000 sale in a 30 minute call. Easy peasy. Yes. Okay. Wow. I am like over here thinking about restructuring my whole life because this is very smart strategy to get people bought into you and your company's mission so that you can then close them as a client. Because here's the thing. There are so many ads agencies out there. There are so many digital marketing companies out there. And typically a client who's looking to spend 15 grand on this knows that. They know that. They've probably tried other agencies before. So they're familiar with the process. They don't need all of this education. What they need to know is they're signing up for someone who trusts them, who has their back, who understands them and who they understand. And so I think that's really what this strategy tells me is that you're giving your, your potential clients the opportunity to get to know you even before you get on that sales call with them. I have a question about those retargeting ads though. So you mentioned, for instance, that you spent, I think you said $12,000 on ads this year so far. Yeah, year to date. Yep. So we really only average somewhere around $1,500 a month ballpark, really not spending too much. Yeah. So I'm curious from the price breakdown perspective of the ad cost. So how much are you like how much are you spending on the initial ads and then retargeting ads after as well? Yeah, I'm only spending about $10 a day on the retargeting ads because if you think about it, completely and totally saturating a small audience like really doesn't cost that much money. So I basically on average have about 10 different pieces of content that I use for retargeting and each one of those gets its own $1 a day budget with a reach objective, which basically says, I don't care how many times you show this to people, like just bombard them. Um, yeah. And so, yeah, it's it's a really small, small percentage. I mean, this is, this is being scrappy with, you know, a, a small budget, all things considering and getting, you know, a 20, 25 X return, which is just like unheard of. It's bonkers. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, 
I know some of the questions that are bouncing around in the listener's head, and a lot of our listeners are at that beginning stage. So this, I think the strategy is great if you know yourself and you know your business. So I'm curious if you have any advice for those newbies out there who are just starting their agency. How do they get to such this place of like confidence and like bold assurance about what they stand for and who they are? Do you have any tips for those listeners? Such a good question. I mean, I think to a certain extent, you know, kind of going back to, to what you were saying before about how there's so many people that do what we do, right? You know, there's a million different ads agencies. There's a million different social media agencies. And, and in knowing that and in marketing the way that I market, what I'm essentially saying is that the credibility piece, which is like the case studies, the, you know, the things that we're taught are the way we're supposed to market isn't actually the thing that gets people to buy because we all have that. I mean, isn't every ads agency and every social media agency going to only show their best case studies on their website? Like, like, duh, you know what I mean? We, we can all have those, right? So that isn't the thing that moves people forward. And if that's the case, then you don't need to have years and years of experience and tons of case studies under your belt. People are always buying you. That is just the truth when you are a service provider and you are the deliverer of the service. And so I guess my advice is you already have all the things that you need to be able to market yourself and sell in this way because this is not some fabricated personal brand. Like when we're talking about personal brand, it's still this methodical approach, right? It's still this, okay, what's going to be my personal brand in business? I'm saying literally just exist as yourself. You know, I always joke I have a character flaw that I don't know how to do anything else but that. Like, I, I just I just don't know. Um, and so, you know, the more you can lean into 110% authenticity of like who you are as a human being, the easier it will be for prospects and people, right? This doesn't justify the business. The easier it will be for you to create this connection that makes whether or not you have five years of experience or five months of experience kind of irrelevant. Mm -hmm. Yes. Okay. And this is something that I've been talking a lot with my mentors in the mentorship program. Um, Like, leaning into those strengths that are natural to you. Um, one of the things for me, for instance, is as much as I love someone like Gary V, I could never post that much content ever yep. in my life. <laughs> Just not going to happen. But, you know, I do it my own way. And I know you do it in your own way too. Um, one of the things you put down in kind of the intake form is that like not glorifying that grind as an entrepreneur, like hustle, hustle, hustle culture. So Talk to me a little bit about the lifestyle behind this business that you've built. And it's so funny you mentioned Gary Vee because I also like, you got to love and respect the dude, right? You can't not. But at the same time, I see him and I'm like, bro, you got to work on your money mindset. Like the way you live your life looks a little stressful to me that we got to get up really early in the morning in order to be successful. Like I like to sleep late. I really love naps. Days at the pool are like super important to me. And, you know, I really like to look at like, how can I take a sort of lazy approach to running a seven figure company like that? I I like ease. I like lazy. It just really works for me. Part of the reason why I left that old agency that I had started in college was that as we grew, there was this hustle culture that kind of got developed. I kind of just happened. And the fact of the matter is I was in my early twenties. I wasn't thinking about 
creating culture. I was like, I'm 20 and I'm making money. This is great, you know? And so it wasn't until I looked around and realized, oh my God, this isn't a fit anymore. What's been glorified is coming into the office early, staying late, answering, you know, emails on the weekend and on vacations. And I had this moment where my business partner kind of noticed that I was not 100% into it anymore. And he sat me down and he asked, all right, if you, you know, if you could have it your way, where would you be a year from now? Like, what would it look like, you know, if you stay with this company? And I said, well, I want to work half as much and make twice as much. And he laughed. <laughs> and I was like, I, I'm 100% serious. And like, I don't see why that wouldn't be possible. So really part of leaving that company was saying, I believe that I can still deliver the service, make just as much, if not more money, and really build out a company culture that is in alignment with me, where ease and what feels good is prioritized over everything else. And that actually being the path to even more financial abundance, money, and success. Mm -hmm. Yes. I love this concept because I think that part of this, the challenges with social media and that we see this like partial life of everyone else and we assume a lot about it. Um, and I think there is that, this assumption that you have to, you know, wake up at 5 a.m. and work until midnight and do it all over again. And that's exactly, like literally you, your body can't handle that. Your yeah. brain can't handle that. So I love that this idea of like designing the life that works for you and making money while you do it. I mean, there's plenty of work out there to go around. So absolutely. Um, okay. So I want to talk a little bit, kind of end our conversation talking a little bit about approaching Facebook ads for clients as an agency owner. So we talked about getting new clients in, but I do find like the client management side can be challenging as well. So can you give us a few insights into how you run your business and your team structure and kind of how you still maintain that, you know, work-life balance? Yes. And, and I will be the first to tell you that I really feel like we own and are so amazing at sales and marketing and lead gen and the internal stuff is definitely, that's been like really a, the focus of this year of like really, you know, truly optimizing it. So full transparency, I would say this is still very much in process, in progress. Um, and I've also obviously, you know, learned a lot over the years. So my team right now, there are nine of us. We are, by the way, an all-female team and always will be. And, um, you know, essentially the way I have it structured is I'm obviously, you know, CEO at the top. I do um, all of the sales and I really see myself as like the relationship manager. So while my campaign managers do do communication with clients, I, I think there's a different, there's like client communication and then there's relationship management. So I really manage the relationship. I do all the sales and, you know, obviously just run the business. I then have a director of operations who, if you don't have one of those, oh my God, talk about an upgrade that changed my whole life. And she's just like the mover of things right around the agency between clients and everything. And then there's sort of our creative team, which is our copywriter and creative director. And we actually work with an outsourced um, graphics team and what happens is when we, you know, get a new client, the creative director kind of says, hey, copywriter, we need this. Hey, creative team, we need this. So that there's somebody kind of, you know, managing and overseeing the whole thing. 
the other key people on my team are all campaign managers. And that's obviously what I need the most of. You know, it's really, really important to me that any campaign manager is never really managing much more than like seven accounts at a time. And even that is sometimes pushing it because, you know, we, we are a not in, you know, we're not cheap. It's just the truth. We are, you know, high level, you know, white glove service agency. And so I need my campaign managers to be able to, you know, do more than just check the box of, okay, we put in a new audience today. Like I really need them to be high level strategic thinkers and strategic partners with our clients. And so for that reason, we were really, really careful around uh, how many um, accounts an, an individual campaign manager would have. So yeah, that's that's pretty much the the structure of the company. And, you know, one thing for me, and again, in full transparency, like I'm still kind of figuring out what this is going to look like. It's really, really important to me as we have grown, you know, and we're, we're you know, we average about 25 to 30 clients at a time. It's really, really important to me that I still maintain that one-on-one touch point with my clients. Um, you know, I, I would never name any names, but I think, you know, we all know some of those horror stories of like these people that started agencies, the agencies got really, really big. And then all of a sudden there's these like client delivery nightmares because the clients completely lost touch with that expert and they had to hire really fast and everything wasn't in place. And so uh, knowing that and seeing that happening, I'm always conscious of, you know, yes, we are growing. Yes, I cannot you know, support on my own 30 clients at a time, but how do I still make sure that I'm interacting with them, that they feel supported by me while also maintaining that I want to like have a life. And so looking for that balance has been uh, a really uh, key theme of this year for me. Okay. I'm inspired by all of this because I'm in the exact same spot. We have, like, I'm trying to maintain, I like that you said um, you're the relationship manager because that's important to me. I don't want my clients to feel like they're being passed off or handed off to someone else. I mean, you can go to a really big agency for that if you want, but that's not the service we deliver. I really want to maintain that. So I'm glad we talked about this because I got my wheels turning for how my role in the business is, but then also the rest of my team. So thank you for sharing. I know there's a lot of listeners who will find a lot of value in this. Let's say people listening and they're like, Jennifer, I love her. I want to hire her. What's a good next step for those people? So it depends on if you are, you know, looking to um, hire the agency, or I also have a new program that I've just finished the first beta round of because I wanted to make sure that my lead gen system did work for other agencies and yay, it's worked. We've got lots of people with lots of success. So I've got a program called Million Dollar Agency, and it literally is where I teach the full system I was talking about at the beginning of this in terms of running ads into that funnel um, and all the different mechanics of it in terms of how to bring in all these leads and get this amazing return and grow your agency. And so there's information for that on my website. And then of course, also for our done for you agency service on our website. So everything's at jennifersfeedback.com. Yay. Awesome. So we'll put all the links in the show notes or in the description of this video. Thank you so much, Jennifer, for coming on. This has been extremely cool. 
wasn't Jennifer fantastic? She's got such a dynamic personality and you can definitely see why that works in her favor. And uh, maybe you've got some ideas about how you can do the same. Make sure you check out Jen's links. I'll drop all of those, of course, in the show notes. And you can always find the show notes by going to the episode number. So it'd be onlinedrea.com slash 124 for this episode. Thanks so much for joining me today. Hey, if you love this episode, I could really use your help with a review on Apple Podcasts. Recently, I got my first negative review. I've made it. So I want to drown out that uh, disgruntled listener with uh, those of you who actually enjoy the show. So if you enjoy the show, head on over to Apple Podcasts, leave your five-star review, really helps support us and drowns out the negativity, which I'm all about. Uh, Stay tuned because next week, We're talking with Lana Hernandez, which she is fantastic, a powerhouse. She recently teached a social media confidence course in the Savvy Social School. She is our resident mindset coach in our Thrive program. And she's going to hop on the podcast and talk to us about business mindset and social media mindset and why like the way we think uh, is important. Why is that important? So we're going to talk about that next week. So make sure to tune in and uh, stick with us for that. Uh, Otherwise, that's all for today. I will see you guys then. Bye for now.